Welcome into episode 32 of the Love Flight Podcast. My name is Connor Rabchak. Shortly, you're going to hear Elliot Russenholtz as well. And on today's episode, we missed Brian, but we powered through anyways and talked about the Winnipeg Jets offseason. We went full armchair GM and discussed who we would keep, who we would trade, and when we would trade them. We also opened it up with a Sea Bears breakdown as they won their opening game and wrapped up the Winnipeg Gold Eyes massive homestand over the weekend. It was a really fun one to record, so we hope you enjoy it. You're listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Maroon Center, no! Connor Hellebuck! Golden opportunity, Kyle Connor shoots, and he scores! Kyle Connor! Triple overtime series winner! Can you believe it? Frankly, on to Morrissey. Scores! Josh Morrissey in overtime. And the Jets win it 5-4. And welcome into episode 32 of the Lola Fly Podcast. Elliot, how you doing? Summer's in full swing. We got the summer sports. How you been? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm in a very good mood. Lots of winning going on in other teams other than the <laughs> Jets, so it's it's nice. It's it's good to feel. The Jets aren't playing um, and messing up and losing, so it, it's a good time. Yeah, we got. Uh, I've got. If you're watching on YouTube, got the Sea Bears merch up there. Um, they opened their game. We'll start with that. Um, we were both there. We were both in section 105. It was a great game. They almost blew it. I leaned over to my dad and said. They wouldn't be a Winnipeg sports team if they didn't blow this lead in their very first game. Like this yeah. would be like, it, it was the it was the real christening to be yes, to joining the city was, yes, was you have to blow a big lead in one of your first ever games. You, Give your you fans a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you cannot join. You cannot be here if you can't do that. Yeah, I would have thought something was wrong if like they just held on to that fifteen point lead and just and just won the game normally. Yeah. But yeah. they ended up winning anyways. Uh, 90 to 85. It was an incredible crowd. Um, it was a great game. I mean, like, it's really fun basketball to watch. It's, you know, guys are going for these massive dunks. Um, a lot of three pointers being shot. Uh, this game was kind of a grinder, a lot of fouls, but yeah, what did you see from just the crowd in general? Like, the atmosphere? Oh, the atmosphere was, I, I can't even say enough about like this. This was something that me and my dad had always wanted to do. We were always hoping that this would happen. So this was it was a really cool moment for him and I. And we kind of thought when they were bringing the team that they were going to be at the University of Manitoba. That was the first things we'd heard. And so we kind of thought, oh, well, the atmosphere will be good there because it's mm-hmm. enclosed. It's smaller. But, like, it's not going to be a huge crowd. And then when they announced it was kind of Life Center, I was a little worried because I didn't know if they were going to sell. Well, 7,303 people later and you've got a yeah. packed lower bowl at Candle Life Center. And every time there's a huge play, it's... It was loud in there. It was. Like, it was. I know basketball people are loud, but it felt like a sold-out entire Arena Canada Life Center with hockey fans in there. Oh, it was. Especially, like, I I love the target score endings. Yeah. Um, I think we described it on the last podcast, but basically with under four minutes left, you take the winning team score, you add it by nine, and the first team to that wins. Like, there's no, there's no like, clock. Time doesn't run out. It's first team to that score, right? Once the target score was set, and the Seabirds started blowing their 15-point lead. <laughs> and then it was tied 85-85. Uh, 
Um, it was just the energy, the tension was unreal. And then the Sea Bears hit a three, and then the game winner, and it place went bonkers. It was both it was of awesome. those play. But I yeah. actually don't know which was louder. Yeah. I don't know if Jelani Watson Gales three was louder because the fans were just so tired of like jacking yeah. threes, and it was something finally dropped. Because yeah. I, I I think if there was about two and a half minutes of play there where they didn't hit yeah. a bucket. Like they missed like six or seven shots in a row, and then he hit that three, and everyone went nuts because it's like yeah. finally. Yeah. yeah, and then I don't know. A li- I was a little worried. I kind of thought there was twice there that Chad Posthumus might have offensive fouled on a rebound, but that <laughs> which, second which one, the, the second one. I mean, he put Nick Ward on the ground, so I kind of yeah. thought that, that was that was a foul. But you know what? You'll take it. You take a win. He was super excited. I think that's got to be a pretty cool moment for him. Oh, absolutely. Uh, doing that in his yeah. hometown. He went nuts. He ran all the way to half court. He did the nail Yakupov. Uh, <laughs> or the Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, or the Kachuk. More recently known as. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, that was that was so cool. Um, it was just it was just awesome that there was a packed house. I know that may never happen again, but just to be a yeah. part of that was just so cool. And I, I can't wait for when they come back. Yeah. So they, they, they do go on a road trip now. They've got a four-game swing. Uh, they play Thursday, June 1st. We're recording this Wednesday. Uh, Friday, June 2nd. Tuesday, June 6th. Friday, June 9th. All on the road. Um, and then they'll come back for kind of a four uh, home games out of five stretch. Um, so it's they're on the road for a while, but then they're back home for a while. And hopefully yeah. people can get back to games because if, if you, if you were a part of that sold out crowd, I'm assuming based on how the game went in the atmosphere, you'd want to come back because that was, that was amazing. Well, um, and, and you probably want to buy merch cause you, there was no way you're buying merch on. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask you how your, your experience was. Cause I heard and I saw that merch lines were nuts no matter where. Well, you walk in and on the concourse, there's one store, one for a brand new team. I just find that kind of ridiculous, but there's one store, the line is probably like eight, it spans across like eight sections. So it's so from, it's, just to give you context, now. it's the, it was the, by the Budweiser lounge. Yes. All the, probably, the North. Yeah. Like that's an immediate no. You see, like you see people lining up, you're like, what is this line for? You walk around the concourse and you see that it's a store. I'm like, all right, no. Um, so then we go to our seats and then we realize that on like the floor, there's this kind of smaller store. So we went there and the line was long there too. I waited, I think 35 minutes in line, um, but I wanted this shirt. I, well, I, yeah, because I think that, I, I think that's thir- online, but I was yeah. like, no, I wanted it. So, well, I think that 30 minutes is pretty accurate. Cause I, we, we I saw you with about 45, like we got, I think I got there at like six 30, like sat down in my seats and it said 45 minutes up on the board. Then I saw you coming up the stairs, and yeah. then I think there was like ten minutes left yeah. before tip off when you were coming back down the stairs to go to your seat. So, and all I got was the shirt. I did not go for like food. Went to the washroom. No shirt. Back to my seat. I I was determined. We we're yep. ready to go. Uh, but no, it was a great game. Um, yeah, they're on a road trip now. But also the Gold Eyes are in full swing. They just wrapped up their yeah. Elliot's got the jersey on. They just wrapped up their massive. Uh, homestand. I don't know how many games it was. I kind of lost track, to be honest. It's got to be nine or something like that. Something insane. Yeah. They are now on the road. They're in Chicago playing against the Chicago Dogs. Um, Do they, they have that eight, dog in them? <laughs> they have that dog. They actually do because they're the best team in the league. At uh, I have the standings open here. The Chicago Dogs are the best team in the league. So they do have that dog in them. Um, but the Gold Eyes are 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, They lost a 14 to 8 barn burner last night 
happens you know chicago just <laughs> it happens in independent baseball <laughs> it happens yeah um no but the homestand was fun you know they had some really good crowds uh the thursday day game they had uh, a bunch of schools out there and it was a really good atmosphere so um i don't need to tell people to go to gold eyes games because people know gold eyes have been around long enough um that it's just a great atmosphere and it's it's fun to get out especially with the weather being this hot you know it's nice to enjoy a baseball game um but yeah that's all for the summer sport kind of recap. Gold eyes are 500. Sea bears are one and oh, and on the road. Um, we can now get into a little bit of jets talk or actually before we do that, um, let's talk about the Stanley cup finals because as soon as we hit end recording on our last episode, we realized that we didn't talk about the current state of the NHL playoffs like at all. Um, so the other night, good place Vegas, to start now. Yeah. Good place to start. Vegas advanced to the Stanley Cup final the other night. They'll be playing the Florida Panthers, who have had, I think, like 12 days, 10 to 11 to 12 days of rest. They've just been chilling, watching uh, Dallas win two games and uh, preparing for Vegas. So what are you expecting to see out of this series? You know, Florida, the improbable Cinderella story versus Vegas, who was the one seed in the West, but everyone kind of counted them out. Like, they were the one seed, but everyone kind of thought Colorado, Edmonton, even, like, L.A., like, those teams had a better chance. So, what kind of excites you the most about this series as a fan, and what are you looking for? I think something – this is just a funny coincidence. I I find it weird that both Florida teams are in the NBA and yeah. NHL playoff – in, in the finals. As an eight are, seed. Are both eight seeds. Yeah. And they're both going up against two teams that were one seeds – but weren't teams picked to make the final. Yeah. yeah. So it's a little weird how that kind of works out, but sticking to the hockey kind of side of this, um, I, I think it's going to be a fun series. Florida's looked great this entire playoff run. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Vegas is going to Vegas. They're going <laughs> to be, a t- they're, they're going to play. Like I kind of see it as this is, Matthew Kachuk and his gang of buddies versus <laughs> the we're all in this together uh, Vegas Golden Knights, right? So yeah. I think we're gonna have to see Kachuk throw up some heroics. I'm not saying that there he doesn't have teammates with him in Florida. Like that Florida team is a really good. That's probably one of the best eight seeds we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Not just because this is a performance, just a roster construction. Most people had them higher up in the standings, yeah. um, but. You have to you have to think that Kachuk's got to pull out some more heroics here in the finals, uh, for for them to really compete with Vegas. I think here because Vegas Vegas is look the Jets obviously played Vegas in the first round. Um, I do have to say it does kind of make the Jets look a little good that <laughs> Vegas, they did yeah. take a game and they took a game from Vegas and took yeah. it to them in that game. No one really else has done that in the playoffs, so. If you're a Jets fan, as much as it stings to be out of the first round and you don't think this roster goes anywhere, you do have to kind of give them that and say, hey, look, you you put up against one of the better teams in this playoff run. But you you look at Vegas and you see them being a team. And I think that that will probably trump Florida. Yeah. But we'll see. I, I, I think it's going to be entertaining. I don't think it goes more than six. Really? But... I, I don't. You're saying I, Vegas, Vegas in four or five? I'm thinking Vegas in five, okay. maybe Vegas in six, but I I think that 
obviously I do believe that Florida has a chance to win. I would, I'm not sitting here saying that they don't have a chance. They can't compete. I just think that at some point, most of the time you can, I, I don't need to hear it. You can tell me a bunch of different sports. I know that sometimes <laughs> teams run out of gas sometimes in situations like this. There's only a couple teams in different sports that I can even think of that haven't run out of gas. Yeah. Like, UConn in 2011 with Kemba Walker, they won like 11 games in a row. So they won the Big East tournament. They won like the five days in a row there. And then they won six games in a row in the NCAA tournament. That's a <laughs> team that was supposed to run out of gas and never did. There you go. But I can also see that happening with Florida because like UConn, they were a better team. They were supposed to be better than they were. And then they surprised some people. So I can see Florida making this a series, but I do think that this is probably Vegas in five or six just because I okay. think they've been so dominant. All right. Yeah, I I'll I don't know if I agree. <laughs> I don't know. And, and I, that's I, fine. I don't know. And that's fine. <laughs> because I like Florida's just like I have picked them to lose in every series to this point. Honestly, I everyone picked them to lose against Boston. After they beat Boston, I thought Toronto was the best team in the East. No, clearly not. Um, I thought Carolina would throw up so many shots on goal that it wouldn't matter. But Sergei Bobrovsky just turned into like the best version we've ever seen out of him. Like in a long I, time. I just, I just can't wrap my head around what the Panthers are doing right now. A large part of it is Sergei Bobrovsky um, and him saving a million goals above expected throughout these playoffs. Like, are you sure it's not Paul Maurice? Right, my bad. It's the it's the coaching staff, right? <laughs> show me a good coach, and I'll show you a better goalie. That's the the old yeah. expression. There you go. Yeah. Um. No, but Matthew Kachuk is so much fun to watch. I like. I've seen people online kind of complaining, like, "Oh, it's Vegas for Florida." Like, how entertaining is that really? And it's like, when you take out the fact that it's Florida, and you look at the fact that it's Matthew Kachuk, who's one of the most entertaining players in hockey against Jack Eichel in his first ever playoffs. Um, and both teams are playing for the first Stanley at first ever Stanley cup. I think it's going to be a great series. And I honestly think it goes the distance contrary to what, what you were saying. I think it goes six or seven. Um, I'm going to also go with Vegas just because uh, it's tough. They're it's, the tough better to bet. it's tough to pick against Sergei Bobrovsky right now, but I feel like the luck to an extent kind of has to run out at some point. Like Carolina is the kind of team that just throws shots on net from everywhere. Um, they over rely on shots from the point. Um, and that kind of lost them the series. They didn't generate enough grade A chances. I think Vegas, their forecheck will be able to take advantage of the weak links on the Florida defense. And I think they win the series, but Again, it's so tough because I could totally see Florida winning games one and two because Bobrovsky's just a brick wall and Matthew Kachuk scores an OT. Yeah. Like that's totally within the realm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's another just such four a four overtime game thing. Yeah. No. Another one. <laughs> Please. No. And but... since it's Vegas, it'll start at like 9 PM. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to it. Those start Saturday in Vegas. Um, yeah. I've, I, I'm calling Vegas in six. I don't think the the finals go seven. That's just too good of a story for the Stanley Cup Finals to go. To it would be go too to good of a seven. story for it to go seven, and Matthew Kachuk scores in overtime in Game Seven on yeah. the road. On the road, and he does the the gate celly where he just like leaves, yeah. but then he has to go hold the Stanley Cup, so he comes back. Yeah, <laughs> or or he does or he does the Patrick Kane with the heartbreaker. Yeah, yeah, heartbreaker celly. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, yeah, no, it should be a great series that starts this week. So, 
It's time to move on to Jets Talk, but first of all, we are going to listen to a word from our sponsors. Let's face it, with coffee starting at $5 and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we are entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So, a good duplicate, or dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon Wireless Earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Maybe you're on a budget and are looking for quality audio without having to sacrifice some well-earned money. Well, look no further than Raycon. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than what you would with some of those other big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options. Right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. And they have over 50,000 five-star reviews. One of the best features of Raycons are how they have custom gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit, which is perfect for the eight hours of playtime you can get from the everyday earbuds. And if you wear them for eight hours, they have to be comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Do you have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for other details. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. And we are back. Thank you to DraftKings and Raycon again for sponsoring this video. And it's time to talk about the Winnipeg Jets. We tried to uh, not talk about them for as long as possible, but we're at that point in the episode. We have to talk about them. Um, I I realized the other night that on the podcast, we've been saying ever since the Jets lost to Vegas, that kind of, you know, they're in this situation. They got to blow it up. Um, And we've just been kind of me, myself included. Like I've done this a bunch. We've kind of just been throwing that out there without really any like context as to what we do. So we're going full armchair GM. In this yeah. episode, we are going player by player. We outlined not fantasy our... hockey GM, our no, GM. No, yeah, not never fantasy hockey. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Hellebuck, Wheeler, Shifley, Dubois. Those are the four names that everyone's wondering about. Um, we're going to go player by player. 
and decide I'm I'm gonna kind of lay out two options because there really only is two options for each player um, for what you want to do like in their long term future, and we're gonna talk through it because we we're saying they should blow it up. Um, does that mean a full rebuild? Um, Elliot and I might see that differently. So let, let let's get into it. We're gonna start with I think the biggest name by far, um, and that's Connor Hellebuck. Now, the two options with him are: do you extend him? $10 million, nine and a half, 10 and a half. How much does Hellebuck want on the open market? Do you extend him for $10 million, let's say for three years, or do you look to trade him now? Do you look to trade him at the deadline? Um, what What is your game plan with Connor Hellebuck? For me, I've always been in the camp of like, and I'll reiterate this with every player, everybody that's on an expiring deal that you can get something for just cut your losses decide that this core didn't do it you missed your window and move on personally for me obviously keeping connor hellebuck would be great and extending him would be great but i think for this organization to decide that it's time to rebuild and a full rebuild i might add or if and because we have so many good young prospects, it might end up being a more of a retool in the end. But I think they need to commit to the rebuild. And Connor Hellebuck is the most important piece for the Jets to deciding what they're doing this offseason. If they re-sign him, then we know what they're going to do with the rest of the pieces. Mm-hmm. If they trade him, then we know where the roster is going. Mm-hmm. Personally, for me, if I were sitting in the chair of... Kevin Cheveldayoff, obviously I probably would have done things differently, but let's say you're starting up a new save on NHL 24 (laughs) next year and you have to decide what you're doing before the season starts. Personally, for me, if I was stepping into Cheveldayoff's shoes, if he got fired, I would probably trade. Connor Hellebuck would be the first player I'm trading. And I would trade him to a team, a young team, where they can re-sign him and spend the money for the next three, four years on a premier goaltender for for whatever team to go out and win you a championship for me personally i think either you trade him now or you extend him now if if that decision were up to me um like uh, some of these other players i think you wait until the deadline but i think i've always been of the mindset that i think connor hellbuck should be a lifelong jet so if that means extending him 10 million dollars for the next three years i'm kind of here for it like i don't i don't the thing is my mindset with all these moves is retool rather than full on rebuild. Now, if you're full on rebuilding, yeah, trade Connor Hellebuck right away. But I think retooling and having these young players have Connor Hellebuck for another three, four years where he's going to be a great goalie. Um, having that kind of bona fide starter top five goalie in the league in net while these young players figure it out on the ice is going to be huge. And I think, I think that's the way they should go with that. I, I I'm not of the mindset. Now, so a lot of people I that I've read on Twitter, I think this is kind of going against the grain because a lot of people want the full rebuild. Um, but no, I, I'm here for the retool. Honestly, if if you sign Connor Hellebuck ten million for three years, um, and then these these other players on the list, I I think I'll take a different approach with. But I think Hellebuck's the guy. Um, you said trade. I said extend ten million for three four years. Um, let's move on to Mark Shifley, who's kind of in a similar spot. He's up next year. You can talk extension with him now. Um, he's not going to command $10 million a year, but 
he might get in the eight, eight and a half range. Uh, which, as would a still be, which would still be a pay increase by two million. Yes, because he's currently six and a quarter, I believe, six one one two five, um, something like that. On but... the dot. Look at you. Got, I got all the contracts up here in my yeah. in my head now. <laughs> um, but what? Where are you at with Mark Shifley? I, I I think the two options here are, you trade him, um, at the deadline because I think it or, or like during the season because I think they're looking at a Bo Horvat type of deal for Mark Shifley where a team trades for him kind of at the deadline and then you they they end up signing him right like the Islanders traded for Bo Horvat and they signed him to that eight million dollar seven-year deal and it kind of already is blowing up in their face because Bo Horvat the second he stepped into New York his shooting tear like stopped um, and hit, all of his numbers went down. So that, that contract's already not looking Islanders great. That contract, here. yeah. Anyway, and then he was like invisible in the playoffs, whatever. Um, but w- where are you at with Mark Shadley? Do you extend him for eight and a half millions for, let's say, three, four years? Or do you wait until the deadline um, and look, or during the season kind of thing, and look for a team that's on the fringe or a team that's contending and wants a top six center um, and look for that kind of deal? My My thing is, is, when to trade him depends on what you think his value is now and mm. what you think it could be at the at the deadline. I think it'd be higher the at the deadline, honestly. I and and I think, I think I, and I think it could be absolutely. Mm. I I'm I'm not saying either or. I'm just saying you if you're the Jets, you need to decide when you want to trade him if you think his value is more now or if you think it's more later. Which I personally, again, I think I know you can probably say the same thing for Connor Hellebuck um lifelong jet he was the first ever draft pick you want to keep him around that sort of thing but i again and and i'm not saying as much as i say full-on rebuild i don't think the jets one want to do a full-on rebuild and two Mm -hmm. i don't think it needs to be a full-on rebuild i think it's more of a i I don't know i kind of use the word reset Mm -hmm. more so i think it's more like a two-season reset where they basically get rid of all the expiring contracts get what they can and then they restart with a young core, which mm-hmm. I, I think I don't think guys like, yes, I know Connor Hellebuck would be good to have for a young team if they play young guys. Mm-hmm. And so I can kind of agree with you on maybe extending him because having a really good goalie next to a bunch of young guys will give them some confidence and maybe they win some, they win more games than they're expected to. Mm-hmm. But I think like someone like Mark Scheifele, I think you got to trade mm-hmm. because I don't like as much as I know he scored what forty this past season. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he's an eight million dollar full forty goal scorer. I, I really don't. And so paying him eight million for let's say they extend him four or five years, mm-hmm. I don't think that's a very good contract. I know the Jets would probably do it because they're so sentimental about their players, and they want to do them right by and which is good. You want to do right by your players as an organization. Yeah. But I think doing right by Mark Shifley here is sending him to a playoff contender. Mm-hmm. So I think for Connor Hellebuck, you have a little bit of a different like mindset about, okay, I, I can more see Connor. If you ask me, which do you see more likely, the re-signing of Connor Hellebuck or Mark Shifley? I think with the way the Jets should be going, I think it's more realistic to see a Connor Hellebuck re-signing mm-hmm. than it is Mark Shifley because the Jets really don't have any goalie prospects that are that Connor Hellebuck's in the way of we yeah. have other centers and we've got other forwards prospects that the Jets need to play. And yes, having Mark Scheifele on the first line with Kyle Connor is great, but I don't think that that mm, I'd argue that, 
Well, some people will say that. <laughs> I, I'm I'm under the mindset that you need to trademark Shifley and put a playmaker next to Kyle Connor so that Kyle Connor can just shoot all day. But mm-hmm. either way, I think just to end my point here, I think that Mark Shifley should get traded at at some point, either yeah. draft season. Time. Yeah, I that's a great point that you brought up about is his value higher right now or will it be during the season? Because as much as we want to sit here and talk about him like in a negative way, he did score 42 goals last year. Um, so like market value across the NHL, he might be, he might be up there um, and teams might be willing to pay up for a full season of Mark Shifley and the ability to talk extension with him. Right. If you trade it for Mark Shifley right now, you also can talk extension with him and extend him for the next four or five years. Right. So I think trading him at the deadline is the right move. Yeah, I think Mark Shifley's like you take the Bo Horvat trade and it's going to be a carbon copy for Mark Shifley. It's going to be the exact same thing. Now, if he it's always a risky game because he could start next year and get hurt or he could um, have a rough start. And then his value kind of tanks a little bit because he's 30 years old uh, and teams might not want to pay up for him. Right. Yeah. So you're kind of running a risk there. Uh, His value is high right now. So you could jump on the first deal. But. I think I think the deadline is when you fetch more for him, and I think that's what. If I was in this position, that's what I would do. I'd wait for the deadline. Um, now he's not the only top six center that is up or perceivedly on the market. Uh, Pierre Luc Dubois is actually an RFA, so he's actually his contract is actually up. Um, yeah. These other but guys have they have one year him. left, right? The Jets have his his rights, and they can move him wherever. Like there's a lot of smoke to bottom Montreal. They don't have to trade him to Montreal. They can trade him to a million other teams. Uh, but wh- where are you standing with Dubois? Because I don't think an extension is on the table here. So yeah. the options for Dubois are trade him right now or you sign him. They did what they did last year and you sign him to his qualifying offer, which is a one-year deal. And then I think he gets moved at the deadline because you're not going to let him walk right into unrestricted free agency. Uh, and you got to trade him while he's on your team because then he'll just walk. He'll just walk to Montreal. And that's his, his whole uh, goal or what's been reported is his whole goal is just to walk to Montreal. Right. So I don't, I don't know where I stand on this one. Um, I'll throw it to you because I'll need some time to articulate my thoughts, but are you more of the mindset of trading to Bob right now or playing the patient game and going one year qualifying offer deadline? I do a deal at the draft. To okay. Be honest, because here's the yeah. thing: Do you want to pick up Pierre Luc Dubois because he may only want to sign a one-year contract, or right. he may say, or he may say, "No, I'm not playing for you. Please trade me again to Montreal." <laughs> I think that'd be quite a funny saga. Or yeah. so if I'm another team, you'd probably call Pierre Luc Dubois and go, "Hey, yeah, um, we're going to be trading with the Jets for you. Do you even want to play with us, or is or should we just take the deal off the table?" Right. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's where I, yeah, go ahead. That's where I, that's where I stand in this too. Like I don't see any other team making a big deal for him this off season because again, is he going to sign with you long-term? I'm not sure. And if you're trading for him in the off season, you're going to pay an, like you're going to pay as if there's an extension in place. Like you got to pay up um, to have him for the full season. Right. So I think the most, realistic thing and i think this is what i would do if i was kevin shovel day off is qualify him he's gonna sign it and you move him at the deadline because no one's really gonna trade for him right now 
and uh, he's going to go to Montreal, right? So teams are going to pay at the deadline to get Dubois for their playoff run, uh, similar to Shifley. And I think that's that's the most realistic and kind of the best option for the Jets here because if you look to trade him now, uh, you're only – like if you're bidding – with Montreal, Florida's first now is like an early second round pick. Like that is like, yeah. they're still playing. Like they're starting the Stanley cup finals. Like this is the 31st or 32nd pick in the draft. So the value for that pick has tanked dramatically because when people first started throwing out the, the Florida first in these Dubois mock trades, it was like the 18th pick. And that was like, okay, uh, that's a deep, that's a mid first round pick. And the jets pick there like every single year. Uh, so and they, they might like that value. But... Yeah. And they get value. <laughs> um, and then the Canadians stay in the same place in the draft lottery at the fifth overall pick. So now it's actually more realistic that they get the fifth overall pick in a straight up swap for Pierre-Luc Dubois than it is like going the 31st pick. And, and then the, like Josh pros- Anderson, like I don't yeah, know. or two yeah. pro- prospects or whatever the case. That's is. why yeah. if, if all you're bidding with is uh, Montreal, and they're just offering you Florida first round pick, Josh Anderson, and like Christian Dvorak, which I'm pretty sure uh, has been reported. That was Montreal's offer, um, like a while ago. I, I'm pretty sure. I oh, when that, that but, but but that trade doesn't even look that bad if if it's not 31. If that was weeks ago before right. Florida and it's made, 18, right? Yeah, that's then the that, thing, that so. actually looks a little enticing. I'm hoping at least the Jets thought about that or tried to move some other. Yeah, no, I just think they can get a better deal at the deadline. And I think qualifying him and hope hoping that he stays in this ascension because he did have a career high in points and assists last year. Um, So hoping that he continues kind of on that upward path and maybe hits 30 goals next year and 70 points and his value goes way up. You can move him at the deadline. But Um, but but what if the Jets are near a playoff spot? Because this organization wants to make sure that they make the playoffs. So that's the problem. Then you trade a fourth round pick for a bottom six forward, call it a day, and go all in. You say you believe in this group. And then Hellebuck, Shifley, Dubois, they all walk in free agency for nothing. nothing. And they go, we thank you for your service. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, we're, we're, we're of the same mindset that you got to get value for these players at some point. Because... Yeah. If the Jets go through another season where they don't win a playoff round or like one or two, all these players are going to walk at this point. Like Shifley, um, maybe he's loyal to the city, but he's been non-committal two years in a row now in his exit interviews. Um, Shifley. I think or, if he wasn't under contract, Shifley, I think Hellebuck. he's gone. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And then Hellebuck, I just feel like he'll want to play for a contender, uh, especially if the Jets it seems like he wants to year. win. So yeah. And Which I don't blame value. Yeah, you got to give value for these players at some point, right? Um, and then lastly on the list is Blake Wheeler. I think we're both in agreement that he's a prime buyout candidate, and I think that's the way they should go. True North, as we've said many times, is very loyal to their players, to their staff, whatever. To their um, captain, to might their I add. Ex-captain. Yeah, former yeah. captain. So do they have the stones to buy him out in – when he's 36 37 years old um i don't know because like if i was guessing i'm thinking true north is like oh he's got one year left it'll be a farewell tour uh for our ex-captain and there was a time where blake wheeler was the best jet right like back in 2015 2016 all the way to 2018 it was him or dustin bufflin 
were the best players on the team, right? So there was a time where he put up 93 points in a season and he was the captain of the team and the face of the franchise, right? So I, I wouldn't really blame them for doing that. But again, if you're retooling, that cap space is insanely important and you need it. Um, so a buyout, basically, he's at 8.25 million for this one last season. You take, I believe it's 25% of the contract. I believe like it would be two point something for the next two point six or like two point yeah somewhere in the mid two range um and then you double the amount of years that's how the buyout calculators work um so you double the amount of years so it goes from one year to two and you pay blake wheeler 2.5 2.4 million dollars for the next two years but he's not on the team yeah that's what a buyout entails um do you agree with me that i think the buyout is the best option because you need this cap space, especially going into this year with all these question marks. you got to either extend Hellebuck and you need the cap space there. Um, Sandberg is up. You can talk extension with Perfetti. That's like what this, I was just this cap space Cole, is, Cole is Perfetti pretty, is now going to be up next year or after this year. So. Yeah. Like you need this cap space. If a trade is on the table, uh, that's that's the better move. But I think a buyout, you need, you need this cap space. This is such a crucial time for the organization that you need this cap space to sign your young players, right? My mindset with all of these moves so far has been like, I, I, I'm sure people will be mad. Like I'm not saying to blow it up completely. Right. I think that this team doesn't need a, a, a full blow up. Like I think if you sign your young players long-term, like Cole Perfetti, Dylan Sandberg, uh, you get them on good contracts and you let the players in the system develop. I think there's room here for the Jets to, like you said, have a one to two year reset and then get back at it, right? So, like bringing Dubois and Shafley into next season may seem like running it back, but if I'm in this position, I'm bringing them back into like next season with the thought of trading them at the at the deadline. That's they're, like my they're whole they're, they're literally plan. just assets. You're bringing yes. them back to be assets, not to play on the team. Yes, they're playing on the team, but not to compete or use them to try to win games you're just bringing them back to get more assets for your reset i just think they'll get better value at the deadline for both dubois and shifley because i like i said i don't think people are going to pay up for dubois right now because they know he wants to go to montreal and shifley i think he's more of a deadline type of deal like the Bo horvat so that's where i stand um we've we've gone pretty pretty long here we've gone about 45 minutes we were going to do kind of a who are you building this franchise around but we kind of already mentioned Cole Perfetti um Josh Morrissey obviously you're building your franchise Cal Connor Cal Connor Nick yeah Nick well if the Jets don't trade them but (laughs) yeah yeah no but we've talked a lot about those guys we don't need to to bang the drum again so um if you don't have anything else I think we we covered that pretty well the offseason officially begins like the draft is late June it's right at the end of June, so we are we are a few weeks away from all of this potentially going down. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois could be traded on the draft floor. That could, that's a very real possibility. Um, all I'd these players that. could be traded uh, after the draft, during the draft. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I can't wait for our draft episode that we'll do. We can talk yes. about prospects. Probably a week before yeah. the draft, the actual draft. We're, we're gonna do that, or like two or three days before might be a better time slot, but we are definitely going to do it. I'm really looking forward to that because that'll be fun. Um, fun. Next week, not sure what we're going to talk about again, kind of the, the dead part of the off season. This was our big off season, like armchair GM episode. 
Um, but stick around. It, it will come up with we another have, idea. Might do another mailbag in the works. <laughs> We're trying to figure that out. Yes. So we be are on the lookout. It could be next week. It could be the week after we'll yes. try to keep you guys updated, but there was supposed to be some... this week. Some, yeah. uh, what's the word for it? Not technical, but there was some logistical issues. There you um, yeah. so hopefully we can get, we can figure that out. Cause I was super excited for whenever it happens. Yeah. So, yeah, and we might bring some some guests as well that we've had on before, some new guests. So um, stay on the lookout. Should be fun. And um, yeah, I think unless you have anything else, I think we're good to get out of here. Uh, just quick shameless plug. Check me out on oh, Twitter yeah. and my uh, articles and Connor's articles too. He's been Here. posting some just any Check us out. stuff on <laughs> hockey writers. Check out Brian's gold eye stuff too that he's putting out. I know he's super focused in on that. Yeah. Super proud of him for doing that. It's really oh, yeah. good stuff. So check out all of our stuff. I know you can see it all on all of our social medias. Um, so head over there and yeah, that's about yeah. it. Alrighty, let's go. Uh, let's go Sea Bears. Uh, let's go Bombers preseason this weekend. There it is. Boom. See ya. Peace. You've been listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. 